Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. I'm your host, Maxine Sinclair of Ismus Max Health and Culture. And we're just glad, glad to have you back in the house today on this Saturday, on this Mother's Day Eve. And first, I'd like to just introduce uh, Cindy Ashby, super producer Cindy Ashby. Without her, none of this would be possible. Please cash up my sister to cash up at onthewakeupradio.com. Hope to keep streaming free and alive around here. Support a sister. And also you can catch our replays at SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But we prefer you come sign up with otwtube.com and listen to our live radio at onthewakeupradio.com. And today is very special because this is the first time we are actually streaming on Facebook. So if you are in the house, Facebook, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you all so much for being here. And without any further ado, I would like to introduce my special, special guest, Barbara Barabino. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Maxine. I'm happy to be here with you and your guests. Thank you so much. And Barbara, first, I want to start off saying that I have been a fan of yours for many of years. Um, if any, many of you that live in Los Angeles and you were plugged into the reggae culture or the soca culture, Barbara Barambino was at the pulse of that back in night from 1994 up to 2007 on 92.3 The Beat. And she was our plug in before social media to tell us what the happening was, what was going on around the city, where the concerts were, where the parties were. And then after 2007, it went away and I felt the pain, Barbara. That's how impactful you were to all of us during that time. Every time I mention your name to people that I know, they, their eyes light up because we remember you like it was yesterday. And we just want to give you your flowers today. Oh, beautiful. We I love want it. to I give you your it. flowers <laughs> because you did so much. And when I was able to talk to you in brief, I really was not aware of everything that you have done and accomplished in the background. Uh, the first thing I want to start off with is I want to get in. I'm going to jump right ahead and I want to talk about Bob Marley and your role in getting his name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. Tell us about that, Barbara. Well, it actually happened, Maxine, in 2001, but it was work that had been planted 10 years prior. And I was one day watching television and I saw little Richard receiving a star and I'm like, oh, yeah, Bob Marley needs a star. And then I wondered, would they give someone from another country a star? And they have. I searched mm -hmm. that out. We didn't have Google, but right. we didn't get our information. And then I contacted Johnny, <laughs> that was considered to be the official mayor of Hollywood. 
talked to him directly and he said, Barbara, it can happen. He said, but it, it's a process. Okay. I worked for the, I worked for the uh, system for mm -hmm. Los Angeles County for, for years. So I know about paperwork. So he told me what I had to do. He said, we, we need a letter from a family member or from a record company. And you got to put the application in. He said, and that's how it starts. So thank God I was able to reach Rita Marley because we had booked previously Rita Marley and her children on our Bob Marley Days, AKA Ragamuffin Festival. And she was gracious enough to say, sure, because they wanted people to know who Bob Marley was, not just Jamaicans, not just Canadians, right. not just people from England. They wanted to know because Bob Marley was so global. So she wrote the letter and I didn't talk about it anymore. I think at the first year I did have a sign in, but that's not how you really get a star. Okay. So, but I had people just sign a petition and we had a whole bunch, but you know, it just, it gave a buzz. Let's just say you plant seeds and they grow. And 10 years later it happened. And we did that right there in Hollywood. Rita came, his children came, the paparazzi from England, Jamaica, the radio was broadcast live there. Mm -hmm. And I heard it was the most uh, celebrated and attended star that was placed. Also, and I have to big up Island Records because mm -hmm. here after he got the star, I get this bill. <laughs> I said, oh my God. You got a bill? Well, it costs money to get a star. It's gold plated. Oh, wow. And at the time, uh, uh, Moss Jacobs and I were promoters together. We were mm -hmm. in business together. Like Dred Scott and I did the radio together at the beat, but I had an, wow. I always had partners. I believe a good partner is hard to find, but a good partner is a good partner. That's and, right. Uh, Moss Jacobs and I, who had did so many shows at the Long Beach Arena, so we said, okay, we will pay for this. And it was still a lot of money. And then God sent an angel, which was Island Records. Island mm. Records, I really believe deep down inside, they were somewhat embarrassed. Mm. Nobody thought about a star for Bob Marley, but I did. That's and, right. And, and I say to people, when you're trying to do big and great things, you don't have to run around and tell everybody. You tell the Lord. That's and, right. And you keep it to yourself. And it happened and it did happen just that way. And when he got the star, it was just awesome. It was awesome. Then across the street was the knitting factory there on Sunset. And we went across the street and celebrated even more. It was fun. That's an awesome, huge accomplishment. It was one of the highlights of my life because I never got a star for anybody. And I don't know anybody else that got a star for anybody unless it was a big company. But it was, it was a woman and it was me. And the paparazzi was there, was asking questions. Well, who got the star? Who got, and it was me. Came from behind and it was me. And Rita Marley came to me personally, face to face, eye to eye, and said, I want to thank you, Barbara. And I appreciated that. Yes. That's awesome because that's right. Bob Marley was global. He was mm -hmm. a global prophet that influenced the world. Yes, and the things that he sung about, wrote about, yes. Bob Marley and the Wailers and the I-3s is what we experience today. 
That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, Barbara. Okay, so now I'm going to roll a little backwards and ask <laughs> that you just tell a little bit about yourself because you've got some great background. I mean, I know you're in social work and I just like to know how you incorporated doing your body of work and then also your journey. How did you start to even get into radio? What was that like? Well, from a, a young a young girl, I was all, when I would speak or say something, people would say to me, oh, you have a great voice. You ought to do radio. So that kind of was another seed that was planted inside of me. So um, I ended up going, dating a guy named Henry Thomas. And Henry was, he, he was, he was from Anguilla. And he really was a, uh, a band manager and he wanted to see concerts happen. Mm -hmm. So Bob Marley had died in uh, 1981. And we, you know, we decided, well, let's, they're having a memorial, which was Bob Marley's, uh, mm -hmm. well, it wasn't his birthday. It was May 11th when he died. So that following weekend, I think it was that following weekend at MacArthur Park, kind of mid downtown people gathered. Yeah. And when I saw people gathering for Bob Marley, which I didn't know a lot about reggae music at all. Hardly any, I would say. Yeah. Tell them where you're from. Tell the people where you're from. Born in Texas, my mother and them from Louisiana. My father's from Mississippi, from the South. So my parents always told us, your history was kept from you purposely. So that always was launched in the back of my head. So when I found out about reggae music, I questioned why we never heard about reggae music. In school, on, on the United States radio station, and then I got kind of a little agitated about it and I felt the discrimination that happened. And, and from there, from music to immigration, we can, we can continue with it. So I just said, look here, this music is too good to be hidden from people. Because at, Mac, at Mac, MacArthur Park, I saw how people came together. Anything that brings people together is a good thing. That's right. It's a good thing. The church I go to, I go to a Catholic church and I'm proud of it. And at my Catholic church, there are people from all races and all cultures and all backgrounds. And that's number one reason why I go there. I don't go, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't associate myself in any group when it's one type of people. And I That's saw right. what reggae music did. It brought people together, hearts together, minds together, not just races together. It brought all races. Absolutely. And, I, and when I saw that there were less African-Americans there than, than anybody, and I felt, this is, this is your heritage. Why are you not supporting this music? You know, the white man has, has taken it out of your schools, but why mm -hmm. you don't? Go pick it up. You travel. Why you don't pick up the music? So from there, I said, we need to have this. And then I start going to concerts. I start going to reggae concerts. I said, Bob Marley was a great man. Then I learned that Bob Marley, reggae music didn't start with Bob Marley. Bob Marley was the, was the um, God mm -hmm. used him as an instrument to, yes. to make, it, make it global. But there, And then I start digging into the music. And I saw where there were musicians I had never heard of. Joe Higgs. I mean, 
Delroy Wilson. I, I, I can't begin to tell you people that I'd never heard of and I had to learn who they were. So I started hanging around musicians and they kind of let me know things. Then I would go up to the radio station because by my boyfriend wanting to promote his band, we would go to the radio stations for interviews. Well, I ended up at KCRW Santa Monica City College and Roger Steffens hosted that show on Sundays. And uh, I, it was just nice. I sat in the background, I watched, I listened. And then I remember one Sunday I was there and he was scrambling about, oh, I got to do the entertainment calendar. I got to do the entertainment calendar. I don't have time to do it. Well, that went in my ear and I stood up and I said, hi, Roger, I'm with Henry. My name's Barbara. I'll be happy to read your entertainment calendar. You have a copy? He said, I have it right here. Would you do it? Thank you. I did it. Wow. I read that entertainment calendar and people were calling and said, I like her voice. Who is she? He called me and the lady that normally did the entertainment calendar was C.C. Smith, who ran the Beat magazine. She said, Barbara, this magazine got me too busy. I heard you on the radio reading my calendar. You did a good job. You want to do it every Sunday? I said, yes. <laughs> So Maxine, I volunteered to read that entertainment calendar for five years, for five wow. minutes, and it aired at five o'clock. My mother used to ask me, why on a Sunday? Why are you going down there? Are these people paying you? <laughs> right. no. Giving up your precious time, huh? Wow. Uh -huh. And, and that got me in the door. So I thank Roger Steffens and CeCe Smith for opening that door. But I ended up actually at five radio stations. And the biggest and the best radio station, of course, was the beat. And that's where Dred Scott and I hosted the show. We were totally strangers to each other. He had heard really? me at K-Fox and okay. had written me a letter. And I, it was just, I found the letter years later, but we mm. ended up being two peas in a pod, just playing the same kind of music, appreciating different reggae music and getting more into the rock steady, the ska, the dance yes, hall. yes. There's so many genres of reggae music and, and just music from the islands. It's unbelievable. If you're a music a nut like I am, I love every all music from jazz to classical, yes. you name it, Zodico. When you really have an ear for music, you have appreciation for music. That's right. And you were on the air on those Sundays for three hours. And when I think about it, it didn't seem like it was that long because just to hear your voice, your voice is so sultry. So I Thank would you. on Sunday, I remember that I can remember like it was yesterday. That was my routine going to the radio and listening to you. And I didn't even count that it was three hours. To me, it felt like it was only an hour. The time seemed like it went by so quickly. Because we were doing so much. We didn't just get on the radio and play music. We didn't get on the radio and just run our mouths. We got on the radio and educated people about reggae music. We brought in artists. We played games. We talked about recipes. We did everything. But when we started at the beat, they offered us one hour. And the ratings came in so hot for us that we were offered a second hour. And then and that was they offered us that hour, one hour on a Sunday early in the morning when people were asleep or getting ready for church. Well, baby, numbers do not lie. They That's skyrocketed right. and the promotions director and, and program director approached us and said, how about, let me, let me give you another hour. And from there, let me give you Sunday in the evening, the get up stand up show. And we were gone 
for 10 years at the beat. Isn't that yeah. beautiful? That is very beautiful. So now my next question I want to ask and what everybody wants to know, what happened? What happened after that 10 year beautiful stretch and you all were providing us with all this great info? Like you said, you did, you gave us information, you played music. What happened? Barbara? We were hot. I mean, what really happened is radio started to change. Mm -hmm. When I say, well, first of all, at the beat, that was one of the beautiful, beautiful things about the beat. The Beat had weekend shows. They had specialty shows, all different kind of shows during the week. If you recall, there was there was Nautica. I mean, I, mm -hmm. it, Theo. It was, and right. then Steve Harvey came mm -hmm. with the Angels. So it was always a variety which you could choose from at the Beat. Right. Then you start, which we see going on right now, is corporate starts trading and selling. Mm -hmm. That's what then, they do. Yes. And then you start seeing um, the hiring of people in high power positions that do not know what they're doing. And if it take one person, Maxine, that does not like reggae, you could forget it. Everybody doesn't like reggae. Yeah, you're right. And this this one person that was given a big responsibility, mm -hmm. Kathy Hughes owned the station and owned 13 radio stations. They didn't get why we were playing reggae music in America. Isn't that they something? Didn't, they didn't get it. So, you know, our ratings supported us. We had great ratings. The beat was always taking us out. You know, when the when the Arbitron ratings would come out, we would get bonuses or gifts or a, a treat out for the night. But that's not what they, that's not the direction they want to go in. So they start cutting the um, uh, specialty shows, all of them. That's and and that's the thing, Barbara, that I don't understand. Someone made a comment say, "You are amazing, Barbara." Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, you. she really is. <laughs> Thank um, you. The thing is, this is just I'm going back to what you said about corporate, which is right, because when I turn on the radio now, it's like, girl, let me lick you up and down. Let me do this and that to you. Yeah, you can listen to all of that, but you can't listen to positive vibrations of reggae music was talking about uplifting our people and bringing yes. us together and unifying us. Yeah. If you ever gone to a reggae concert, I don't know if anybody's listening. If you have ever gone to a reggae concert, we never have violence at the concerts. There, no. Because the music is bringing us together. We're yes. there, unified, different cultures, different backgrounds. We're coming from all genres, all walks of life. Well, they always say one love because the music is of the beat of the heart. That's See, right. we had people tune into our show that was from everywhere. Plus, we had people that tune in that were incarcerated. We had women mm -hmm. that tune in that were from women's shelters. Wow. We had all different people that would tune in from different jobs at their, mm -hmm. you know, at work. And I don't think that the radio station administrators, leaders, they they weren't in, in tune to that. So and even no. now, since I haven't been on the radio in years, I can't go anywhere without people asking about the radio show and the concerts. See, I was a concert promoter. I went to my first reggae concert. At UCLA. That's right. And I remember that. UCLA. Yeah. 
And I was like standing up. I never went to a concert and stood in front of people that was sat, sitting behind me. And I Ooh. said, you know, I was raised, you know, with a little, you know, being polite and stuff. I said, girl, sit down. <laughs> I'd sit down, that music play, that bass would hit. I'd jump back up. And then I said, girl, sit down. Then I just finally say, forget it. They better stand up too if they want to see this band and hear it. So from there and talking to people, we ended up farming reggae for cultural awareness. It was four of us. It was two mm -hmm. couples. And we started doing, it was like, why are we celebrating on May 11th when Bob Marley died? Let's do his birthday. It's in February. Let's celebrate his life. So yes. we started doing that concert. We went from the federal building to the veterans auditorium and the Santa Monica Civic and the, um, what is it over there? Uh, Rancho, Sienica Park, all kinds of places. So we ended up at the Long Beach Arena. That was our home for such a long time. So and you were responsible for February? Yes. Wow. Because I was wondering, like, yes, we. I remember going to uh, Long Beach in February. Yes. I was, the, I was that girl. I was that promoter. Moss Jacobs, and I, Moss Jacobs and I did that together. Moss worked for Niederlander, who owns the Greek at the time. And we went there. He was a separate independent promoter from them. So it was our project. And we wow. were 50-50. We were 50-50. I, I negotiated a deal with him. It was 60-40. Of course, he had 60. I had 40. The first year, he said, I said, I don't want, I don't want 60, 40. I want 50, 50. That's he right. said, well, you bring in the numbers on this show. He said, and I'll go 50, 50 with you. He said, go past 10,000. I said, not a problem because my mm -hmm. degree is in recreation administration from ah. LA. So all I did was wrote proposals, promoted events, you know, I knew how to promote. We back then we didn't have the computer. We were street promoters. That's right. That's right. Grassroots. Grassroots. Right. And then you find some money, you go, you buy yourself an ad, either on the radio or print ad. We had the LA Weekly back then. Mm -hmm. We had the LA Times, still have the Times, but we use paper and we use radio and we also use our feet and our mouths to promote. So then I'm like, you know what? Uh, I need to get on the radio because these people are not talking about anything. They're not playing nothing. Right. Let's get on the radio and we'll promote. I don't. I think promotion and radio goes together. That's right. You, Absolutely. You're on the radio, what you aren't you talking about? Something you're doing. So I ended up doing that. I promoted our events and I bought airtime from my own radio station. But I was able not only get a little extra and also promote the ma and pause. And I did that by just hitting the streets and I did other stuff. I mean, I did workshops. I did, bus, I did bus tours. I did a lot of stuff. I took people to Jamaica. I went to Belize. I went all kinds of places and tried to get people to, sh to just have appreciation for culture. That's right. And I, I want to interject about that promotion. It's so funny. Me and my friend was having a conversation yesterday about the promotion and she was letting me know that she went to this concert where the promotion was poor, like great artists coming, you know, coming to California, Los Angeles, and right. only like a handful of people were showing up. And that's in the time of social media. 
So yeah. I'm saying that to say it does what? not beat the grassroots yes. of what it takes to connect to the right people to make sure that these artists are supported properly. And make, well, they're coming from out the country and they come here and just to be, you know, poorly supported by the promoters. Yes. Cold turkey. They're leaving their home and their country, like you said. Well, you know what? The first concert locally I went to, Dennis Brown was performing. The promoter, I'm not going to call out the promoter, but he didn't know what he was doing, baby. Mm -hmm. I stood on the sidelines and I saw lots of activity going backstage. I heard conversations. Why well, we haven't got them? We have we got a deposit, but we didn't get our money yet. We're not going on stage. We're not going on stage till I get my ballot. That's right. I heard all that kind of conversation, and then it was just dragged out the whole night. To somebody came, I guess, and gave this gave uh, the crown prince of reggae music, which I didn't know he was. I just said, oh, Dennis Brown, I, I want to hear him sing. But anyway, I I thought it was sloppy. I've been to concerts where people ran with the money from the box office and robbed mm, it. Wow. And from those skills that I told you I learned in recreation administration, I said, I could do that. I know I could balance a check in a cow. I could run my right. household. I could do this. Just be honest and be fair. Number one, if you're That's honest right. and fair and tell the truth to people, it take you a long way. So I started being a promoter. I started going to Jamaica. I started talking to artists. When I first talked talk to artists, men, they weren't used to a woman talking to them. They thought I wanted to go with them. They yeah, thought I wanted to have a baby with them. Oh my said, goodness. I don't want that. And I learned my lesson. I went to one artist's uh, hotel room that was on another show. And I had to run up out of there. Because I went for business and he thought I wanted to be a groupie. That's, and that was my next question I wanted to bring up. The obstacles mm -hmm. that you've had to face, Barbara, being a woman, being in this industry, um, being an American woman in this industry. In the, and I say this industry, I'm talking about the, the promotion of reggae, Caribbean mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Grenada. Cindy is from Grenada. So we got some culture, all of us culture in the house. Yay. Belize in the house. <laughs> We're all here <laughs> representing. But um, what it was like for you and, and tell us some stories about what you had to really deal with as far as being a woman and being in this uh, in this entertainment industry. Well, I'll start with I had filed five police reports. What? Yeah. Being a woman over music from a dominated male industry that was hard i had a lot people fought me they fought me mm -hmm. because i was a woman they fought me because i was fair skinned it they fought me because i was an american they fought me also out of and i'm gonna tell it like it is jealousy mm -hmm. I believe I it. I believe it. Experience jealousy like that. It, period. And it, it kind of bothered me because I wasn't raised like that. My mom and daddy told me, you go hang out with successful people. That's right. That's right. You're not bad. Don't think you're better than other people, but you go around people that are doing things. And I thought people was happy that I was doing good and big and great things, but everybody wasn't. And no, I'm not a Jamaican and I'm not trying to be no Jamaican. I was just trying to be 
a successful professional that's right promoter and i've also got when when i started reading about bob marley and what his purpose was he had a purpose too and yes, his purpose also to spread that music and to not have people disrespect reggae music because okay you think it's a ragamuffin music and it's for the poor and downtrodden no it's not it's for kings and queens hello so i felt i had to carry that uh, coat on my back that I needed to make sure whatever I did for reggae music, it was done right, professional and fair. If you talk to any artist, they will always tell you, Barbara Barabino pays us. I followed yeah. immigration for them. I brought so many musicians here to this country, some for the first time, some not, but they still had to have a work permit to come to this country to That's work. That's right. So I gave up my social security number, me. And I filed for them to come to this country to work. And some of them asked me, could they bring somebody? I said, bring somebody like who? And they <laughs> yeah, told all kinds of stories because here comes the social work coming out of me. They would tell me these stories, what was going on in their lives. They weren't lying and what they had gone through. So I'm like, okay, well, then you, he got to have a job with you. You have him be your uh, uh, your roadie right, or your cook or something. Because I knew what the United States was doing with that immigration. And I think it, God created every man and woman to be free. That's right. Yes, so he did. I, if I could help them come to this country, I did. So we needed like 100 of you, Barbara. <laughs> to be doing that work. I mean, seriously, because look at the way that the reggae industry has changed and where a lot of the reggae artists did lose their visa. They can't even come to the United States. Buju Bantan got out of jail finally after 10 years. I mean, yeah. I'm glad now that he is still able to perform and make money, but many yeah. of them cannot come back to the United States. And let me ask you another question about, I've heard many of them could not return because of taxes due like here in the state of California. Are you able to speak on that or know about what was going on with that? Well, you have to take out taxes. In, in, everything, that, in everything you do, there's a business side, mm -hmm. you know. And you have to, you know, you have to pay Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And if you are working in the, like you, me, we got jobs. I had jobs. They took taxes out. That's and right. it was hard to explain it to some of the musicians. One time I helped, you know, UCLA always did uh, a student promoted. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's concert. right. They had the students do that. They did. It was, but I was, I was their co uh, consultant for many years. So they weren't, they didn't know what was going on. So I helped them in some, some years with their immigration. And I help them also with the taxes and with the artists. Some of them were just were so ignorant to the fact they wouldn't even accept the money. They wouldn't take a check. Hmm. Only wanted cash. One time I had to run cash to UCLA to pay an artist that wouldn't go on stage. And because my nephew was involved, he was student at UCLA. And I know he would have my back too. Name is Todd Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Todd um, 
call me, Auntie Barbara, I need, I need something's going on. I got a, an urgent situation and that's what it was. We would do whatever. Mm. And that, like I said, that's a social worker in me. I work for the Department of Children and Family Services as a social worker for 38 years right. before I retired. Wow. So I knew how my whole, when you're a social worker, you always search, you're always searching for an answer. That's how right. can I fix this? How can I make this happen? How can I get help with this? What are my choices? Never, you can't, you can't be dumbfounded. No. So it was always, well, that doesn't work. We'll try something else. And something else is always going to work. Yeah, that's, that's right. See, there's so many intricate details that we don't know. All these things that are happening in the background. Yes. You know, like you said, last minute, can you imagine he's about to perform and he's like, no, I'm not going to get on here on this stage. And that's, I've, I've heard that from other artists, not just oh, yes. artists, other American artists saying, I'm not getting on the stage until I, you run me get my cash. But let me just bring up someone that, someone that everybody knows, Beyonce, right? Yes. When Beyonce goes to a foreign country, she has to have a permit, a work permit too. Hmm. Yeah. When you work in foreign countries, you have to have a work permit. And that is linked to whatever, taxes, whatever. Right. And they have people that just do that. that. They do it for a living. And they're not necessarily attorneys. I have a friend right now. She does that. And she still does it. And she's out of the business, mm -hmm. reggae, but she still does filing for people. Yeah. And I wow. broke a lot of... Uh, uh, broken situations for traveling for artists. I remember mm -hmm. one I can remember right now, the Mighty Diamonds. They had lost their 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 visa and all this stuff had happened, which I don't understand all that stuff because I think right. it's stupid anyway. These people born, they need to be able to travel. But anyway, I did the filing for them and they were able to travel again, which unfortunately we just, couple, a month or a couple of months, we just lost Tabby Diamond. And then mm. the other, and then the other uh, diamond. Uh, oh gosh, not dread. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. But it was th diamonds were three. Okay. It was three okay. diamonds. It was three diamonds. It was three diamonds, and we just lost two of them, okay. like within the same month. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Everything that's going on with COVID, people are. Yes. It's been crazy these past couple yes. of years, and. Um, yeah, all the sad deaths and everything going on. And the artists, you know, like I belong to a union mm -hmm. after all of the artists don't belong to unions, which is unfortunate. And and I and I know that there's a union, you know, there in, in Jamaica, but I don't know how organized all that is for them because unions take care of their people. That's right. I never so, thought about that. They have it for the uh, the Actors Guild. They're a right. union. And I'm with AFTRA. I'm on a lifetime retirement from the radio. See, that's right. Yes. And then tell them about that, that you're able to even get a pension from them. Was that I right? I get a pension. Awesome. I paid into it at the beat. The beat was a union station. All these stations you listen to don't belong to AFTRA, which is unfortunate mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, everybody needs that support. So like, you know, health insurance, mm -hmm. dental insurance, by me working for the county, I had double of everything. But a lot of musicians 
that have so many musicians have died because of lack of health care and mental health care. That's it's hard right. being a musician. It's difficult. They need that support from that their country. Absolutely, especially if you don't have a paycheck where you're getting uh, regular income on a monthly basis. So what yes. happens when you're no longer performing? Uh, like you said, you have to have access, even though we have the Affordable Care Act, I'm a licensed health plan advisor. And even okay. though we have the Affordable Care Act, but in order to have an insurance, you still have to pay those premium payments every month. And yes, where is that do. money going to come up? Even though yes. they don't check your health background, it depends on where you live. It yes. depends on what access you have. You could, in order for you to have a good insurance, uh, and when I say good, I mean with a lower deductible, lower out-of-pocket maximum, your premium is going to be sky high. And if you're in the entertainment industry and you're used to getting your money in lump sums, number one, you have to be a person that knows how to uh, reconcile your finances. Yes. Have that. And then even if doing that, how do you still keep up and pay your regular bills, your housing, your food? And then on top of that, you know, medical and have medical. So I, yes. could, I could just imagine the challenges. And you're right. Many of these people in the industry, just all across the board, you're hearing that you have to do GoFundMe for them. They don't right. have life insurance, all these things. Yes. Uh, but when things were good, you know, they were, a lot of them were spending the money. And then the yeah. other part of it, I see Barbara, and you probably saw this too, is that when you're making money like that, here's everybody got their hand out. Everybody wants a piece of your action until they give it all away. And then now you're in the negative. Yeah. The family's in line, your friends are in line. And I felt sorry for a lot of musicians, how they checked out of here because of uh, lack of direction and management and their funds weren't there. And also I'm a blame a little, I'm a blame a lot on a lot of musicians. To be a musician, you have to be well-disciplined. You have to be dedicated. Yes. And I, I watch a lot of documentaries about jazz musicians. Most mm -hmm. jazz musicians die in their thirties. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Most of them that died are under 50 years old. And 40. Hmm. And I look at jazz musicians and I look at reggae musicians. It's so stressful for the jazz musicians too. Because jazz was not accepted. And it was associated with weed, drugs. That I knew, yes. They went through back doors to come to a rehearsal or to do a set. They did needles. They went through hell. Mm. You know, we, we, yeah, we've seen all these great musicians, Lady, Lady, Lady D and all of them. They've, it's the same thing a lot of the reggae artists have gone through. And then a lot of people want to associate reggae music just with smoking weed. Come on now. No, that's not the case. And, and a lot of people need to understand that a lot of reggae artists don't smoke weed. A whole lot. And a lot of Jamaicans don't smoke weed. It's like, can we stick to the music, please? <laughs> yes, but that's what it's associated with. That's what they see. Yeah, but, that's, but what that's, they, that's what they want to rule it out. Yeah, that's what they see. They see it with the spliff. And that's in some cases. Mm -hmm. and, and the irony of it is, is as far as I know, as of today, marijuana is still legal, illegal in Jamaica. Oh, yeah. But you know what? It's funny that uh, we would go to Sunsplash. Mm -hmm. And for that weekend, it was okay. 
Of course. At least it didn't bother people. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like either you are or you're not. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. But um, my next question I want to ask you about is because um, it wasn't just you, Bar you Barbara Bambino, Barabino and Dred Scott. Yes. The dynamic duo. The beauty of Dred Scott's of relationship at the station was that he was promotions director. Mm, okay. So he made sure we were included in things at the radio station because we were not your program show that happened Monday through Friday. Remember, we came in on Sundays. That's right. So the, the attention is usually through, you know, your Monday through Friday. But he was there and he made sure we were included. And we had the ratings to back it up. That's right. And he's a very creative person. In fact, he works for the LA Times now. And he does a show mm. also online. And he's a great radio programmer. And him and I would go to each other's home every week. And then we change it to every other week for a long time. And we sit there and play music for each other. We grab some music and say, this is what I got. You got that. Let's play. Now, you wouldn't want to sit there and listen with us because we had the kind of ear where we would play doop, 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 doop of the music. Bam, go to the next song. And you probably would say, wait a minute, I like that song. But that's not how we listen to music. We, we could listen to music so deeply. The room was quiet. We didn't run our mouths. We used these that the good Lord gave us. And honey, we could hear things in that music and we're like, yeah, let's pick that one. Let's introduce that one. So we introduced a lot of music and a lot of artists. And I had a lady that, that sent me a uh, respond on Facebook today, Lois. Big up, Lois, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. She's in Long Beach. She said, Barbara, I made so many tapes of your, of your show. And I hear that a lot. She said, and I still have them. Back then, people were using cassette tapes. That's right. That's right. We were playing, we were playing uh, CDs, 45s, 18-inch, 12-inch, dub plates. We were playing everything. I would go to Jamaica a lot, and I'd bring music. I'd find them little old bitty record stores up in the hills, and I'd buy um, vinyl. Now vinyl is back. Sh should have never left. I know. It should have never because, see, reggae music, I mean, when you put a, it's hard, first of all, it, well, not hard, expensive to record music, especially from a poor country. Yes. So, you know, putting something on a 45, small 45, I grew up with 45s. It, it stretches your budget. You're able to multiply and do things. So, honey, I had some music. Oh, my God. I got some music down there. And I had the kind of ear I didn't have, I could just hear I, that's a hit. That's that's a legend. That's classical. That's this. Mm -hmm. That's that. I could hear that reggae music. I hear all that in that music because it was a pattern that you could pick up on. And I would tell people, I don't know who that artist is, but that artist was big during their time or that mm -hmm. artist is a legend. And I would compare my notes in my head to people that knew the music. They say, yes. How do you know? You read that? No. I heard that in that music. So yeah. that gave me the tools to pick music. Then we start taking mm -hmm. people to Sunsplash. Debbie, big up Debbie. She was talking about, 
yesterday how she went for the first time with me at advertising right. these you know these these tours in Jamaica come with me let's have a good time and did we have a good time every time then I wanted people to stop being afraid of Jamaica so I start doing these bus bus tours around LA Mm. There's a lot of culture in LA and it was That's back right. then too. Yeah, and it still is. You have to get a shovel and dig it out. You got to do a little work. You got to read. You got to talk to people. And there is beautiful culture all over LA. And I get this bus. One time, Ika Mouse got on the bus. Mm, what? Said, yes. And he said, I said, You want to learn something from me? He said, I do. He said, in the back of the bus, we went to Jamaican restaurants, Belizean restaurants. Hmm. We went to art galleries. I even took them to the radio station. I had a little uh, studio that was that's used for rehearsal for a lot of musicians would come to town for a show and they used this little place right over there by Juicy's. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I remember Juicy's. In so, Washington. Right. Someone's asking a question. They're saying, which artist did you hear that became a big deal from the moment you heard them? You mean that became which, a big deal like being popular? Being popular. Yes, I think that's what they mean. Which artist did you hear that became a big deal from the moment you heard them? So when you heard this like, earlier, you said that you yeah. had an ear for listening to the right. song. But which one stood out to you the most out of listening to well, those artists? One guy I could tell you right away is Ghost. Oh, Ghost. yes. Remember, he's still singing, though. Ghost. I, I said, this guy is, you know, he has something special going on here. Nobody. When somebody doesn't sound like you, you're special. You've got to be originals. Don't be trying to sing like everybody else. Yes. Be you. Be you. If you're you, oh. The things, the sound that can come out of you. That was That's one ghost. of them. I got to yeah. look up Ghost. Yeah. Ghost, the reggae artist, because um, we want to hear him. And is there anybody else that comes behind Ghost that you can think of that stood um, out to you? I like Cecile when I first heard her. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to, I can't think right now. Who else? But who pops in my head is Ghost. And I'm going to tell you a little funny story about Ghost. Yeah. Everybody knew that I like me some Ghost. Uh -huh. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm playing him. I might as well book him on one of the Bob Marley days. So news travels, travel to Jamaica. Barbara Barabina wants you, you know, you're coming to the Bob Marley day. So I got in touch with the management and everybody. So. I book Ghost. Okay. Ghost comes to the Long Beach Arena. He gets a deposit. And when it's time for him to go on stage, he refused to go on stage what? because he didn't like the order of the schedule. Oh, said, my goodness. Yeah. I said, Ghost. See, that's when I told you earlier about artists being disciplined. Mm. You, don't tell, you do not tell a promoter who's spending their money what to do. You're out of line. You're out of your lane and you're disrespectful. I always knew the value of a box office and an artist. Now, I may think you deserve a million dollars. Right. But I'm going to deal with reality. Do you, do you bring a million dollars plus in a box office? 
So that's kind of like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Did he ever come back to perform out here? No. Okay. Not that I know of. Let me tell you something. He refused. And we didn't bake him, but we went over it with him. And he had people. We 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 got airline tickets for his band mm, and his wow. background vocalist. And I said, look, you got you, these people. You got to pay these people yourself okay. if you don't get on my stage. Yes. But I have the money to pay you to pay your people and for you to get paid. You mean you're going to go all the way back to Jamaica without getting paid because you want to run my show? I said, okay. He'd rather go back home broke. Yeah, take him off. And that's what I'm telling you about this discipline. He was out of line to do that. And I still like him. But to book artists that are not ready for the industry, that's why a lot of record companies cut a lot of reggae artists. Because a lot of them would come to town and they want to go shopping. Mm. And they start asking you for per diem when they get off the plane and I'm hungry. Don't be telling me you're hungry. You know, you have a job. Anybody have a nine to five, your job is not paying you to eat. That's right. You know, and they're not going to take you shopping. No. <laughs> but we, it's a different a level. Promoter, yeah, at a different level. I mean, we owe them to put them in a decent hotel, which I use to Hyatt. Yes. It's Hyatt not, it's, not, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You'll get by. Yeah, and I had them picked up from the airport and they would go and then, the day of the concert or any rehearsal, I would see that they would they would eat because I had to deal with all the Jamaican restaurants. If they feed my artists, they got a cut on their booth. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's expensive to run those booths at those concerts. Yeah. And they really wanted to feed the artists. Excuse me. They wanted to feed the mm-hmm. artists because they knew that would put more money in their pocket with us. So we did that for 30 years. I did old school jam for 10 years at the Queen Mary Park. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. I remember the Queen Mary Park. I started at the Lagoon. I was the first promoter to go to the Lagoon, the Blue Lagoon, next to the Long Beach Arena. And then from there, I went to the Queen Mary. I went to the Queen Mary. Mm -hmm. I had a ball. I loved doing that concert. It was old school. I walked into the middle of ants. When I say that, it was conflict going on between the city, the police department, the county, the health department. Those people were all at odds with each other. And I walked into that. So they weren't communicating with each other and they were all charging me a lot of money for application fees this permit. And I'm like, you know what? This is ridiculous. So after 10 years, Mm -hmm. I stopped doing it. And it was growing. And people, some people said that was their favorite concert because it was on Father's Day. What do I do now? What do I do now? I still do events at my church. I push culture at my church. I'm getting ready to do Juneteenth. At my church, I do. Yes, black. talk about that. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. You doing your Juneteenth event? What does that entail? Yeah. What do you do for the city here? And what does well, that involve with Juneteenth? Yeah, what I do is make definitely make sure it's cultured, make sure there's music, and definitely history, and it's free. I don't believe in ever charging anybody for our history. Our ancestors have paid 
a huge price for our history. That's so right. anything we do is free and we That's feed right. people. So during the year, we do fundraising. I know That's how to right. raise money. And I and I don't need a big sponsorship, you know, to donate money. I work with the people at the church. We we give we we do raffles. Mm-hmm. We sell breakfast, dinners, yes. hot links, whatever. Mm-hmm. And donations come like crazy. That's awesome. Where do you have? Where is it hosted? It's at where- Saint Agatha, which is on Adams and Mansfield near La Brea and Adams. We have okay. these, we, we even, we did Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and, and spoke about Mardi Gras. All our cultures are connected. We're, yeah, our culture right. is so connected. All people are connected, but we, the man didn't want you to know that. So no, you can fight no. each other and think you're better than somebody and you're not. We're all the same. We're all one. And, and speaking of all one, that's what I want to see more of. I would like to see more of the integration of the culture, us, the culture and the American culture. Uh, about a couple, a few years ago, we had a, uh, a reunion at the park at Westchester Park. Okay. And we played the Soka song, the Choo Choo Line, where we stand in line and we do the Choo Choo song. Uh-huh. And do you know there was a, a, a family reunion there? Okay. And we didn't know each other, but guess what? They joined in the choo-choo line. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And they just were so excited, fun. And it's that's what it's about. It's about all of us together. We're all one. When you really break it down, we're all black. We may come from different cultures, but we're all black. Oh, yeah. It's us that make that segregation. My nephew just came back from Colombia yesterday. Oh, nice. And I was I talked to him briefly because I was trying to get here with the podcast. But he said, Auntie Barbara, he said, just people from all colors there. I said, well, what they eat? He said, same thing we all eat. We all eat beans. That's right. We all eat rice. That's right. Some of us are vegetarians. Some of us are not. But we all eat beans. And we all eat rice. That's another thing uh, that binds us is our, is our food. Cook different ways, different spices, but we're, it's right. all the same. That's right. My mother would say, if you got rice and beans and flour and milk, you got a meal. That's right. Make Nobody a should be starving. There shouldn't be no one starving. If you can go in there, make some rice and beans and some fried jack or something that yes. will keep you full and hearty then yes. nobody should be starving. I hate to hear, especially when it comes to our people that are that go hungry. It makes no sense to me. We need to really get back to that sense of community. And, um, you know, yes. it, it just disheartens me that when we hear about why are we so divided? Because we want to be so much like them, like the white culture. And at the end of the day, they, they're never going to fully accept us. But guess what? <coughs> people, people, are, people are waking up. Barbara, this new generation is coming yes. in strong. They're they're amazing, and they're, I just love their thought process and their their tenacity to just to be successful. And, and their curi- and their curiosity. Yes, they're very curious. They're very curious, and they I love, love to know. Yes. Uh, when they like this old, they love to to know about the old school. If you go on on uh, social media now, you'll see the young people dancing to the old school '90s song. 
Some of them they're weren't not, even born yes. during that time. And now they're learning it. And now they're doing TikToks off of, yeah. off of and those they, songs. And they know the words. <laughs> yes, they know the words. They know the words. So Sweet. we got to be passing down legacy. And this is why I'm doing this show today is because, Barbara, once this show is recorded, it is ingrained forever. It is like going into a time capsule where people from today to 20 years from now will be able to hear your voice. And well, it's very you. important because what you did for, you know, for the Belizean community, for the, for the Jamaican community is a very big deal. We, I haven't seen anything like it since you left the industry. I can say that. So now I, I was talking to my friend. I said, I feel so lost now. I don't know what's going on in the music industry. It has shifted so much. That was another conversation we had where Dance Hall in Los Angeles is not what it used to be. And my friend was talking, we were talking about the Afrobeats, how the Afrobeats is now has taken over, which I love the Afrobeats as well, you oh, know, as well. The Afrobeats yeah. is hot. Tell me about it. They were planning at a T.I. attendant today in Beverly Hills, Afrobeats. Mm -hmm. But you know what I ask a lot of times? Because people ask me too, when are we going to hear you back on the radio? When are you going to do this? Yes. I am shocked that nobody has called me to say, we need you here at this station. That's what I'm saying. I saw Andre Russell today. I say, hi, Andre. <laughs> I've asked him a hundred times to do a show there. And KGLH, it has never happened. But it's like, why are you not calling me? I was successful. That's I know right. I know what I'm doing. And I I have the, the I have the background, the fans, and everybody to go along with it. But you see, you got people that in positions that are afraid to step up or step out. I need you, Barbara. Thank you. <laughs> On the wake up show. And another yes. lady named LaDonna. Hey, LaDonna. Oh, shout out to LaDonna. Is that yeah. you, LaDonna Jones? LaDonna used to work with you. Yeah. Oh, at KPFK? I believe so. She's also in social work like you. Oh, okay. uh, She's still in it. And she used to go to, uh, but also she was. Hi, LaDonna. Bar yeah. Hey, LaDonna. Shout out to LaDonna Jones. Big up LaDonna. LaDonna was very big going to the, uh, to the, to concerts. Jamaica and all the concerts. Oh, and she still does. Oh, I wonder if that's LaDonna that won the contest at the beat. Yes, that was her. That was her. Girl. <laughs> I remember I watched that whole thing when she went to Jamaica. And remember, she, it was Lauren Hill and all, and yes. Queen Latifah. She was there. She and sure you know was. The beat, the beat paid for all of us to go. And we got a chance to go to Nine Mile where Bob Marley was born. Wow. And where his mom had her house there, Sedella Booker. Oh, I mean... We've had some beautiful experiences through the reggae music. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. I remember. I remember watching that video. Oh, my God. It was on videotape. I wish I could get a copy of that concert today. It was one of the hottest concerts during that time. Yes. Who was there? Do you remember the lineup? The one that, was, that had Lauren Hill? Yes. Who was Maxie, the lineup? Maxie Priest was there. Mm-hmm. You had UB40 was there. You had Ziggy Marley. You had, was Patra there? No. The One Love Concert. That's what it's called. Oh, One Love Concert. You know what? What's her name that does the talk show on uh, the talk? What is her name? Not Kim. She's an American sister. 
I don't know. Do you remember LaDonna? She may know. But yeah, it was the One Love concert. It was Queen Latifah. I was trying to remember when I saw Queen Latifah. Yeah, Queen. Oh, um, what's her name? Oh, gosh. Fat the sings. Buster Rhymes, Erica Badu. Oh, yeah. Eve. 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 Okay. Thank you, LaDonna. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, LaDonna. I know she would know. <laughs> Queen Latifah, oh, Buster yeah. Rhymes, Eve, Erica Badu. Uh, Maxi Priest. Maxi Priest. I took Maxi Priest to Las Vegas. Tracy Chapman. Tracy was there. Tracy Chapman. You I remember got a Tracy fast Chapman comma. being there. That's right. He broke barriers for reggae. Yes, too. the reggae artists love Tracy Chapman. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't know what happened. Why she's still not around? But she's a great singer. Yes, she great is. Singer. She's great voice. Soul. Oh, when yes. I was when I was going through my sad times, I would just play some Tracy Chapman. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I just got back from Hawaii. Yes, that's right. I was there for Easter mm -hmm. for six days, baby, honey. I take my lua, my lua, my my lay. I want to mm. say I take my layoff to Hawaii. Hawaii plays reggae music. 24 7. Yeah. I don't care if you're at the Ritz. I don't care if you're at the gas station. I don't care if you're at 7 Eleven. I was in Maui. I don't care if you are at the Safeway grocery store. Wherever you are, reggae music is played 24 7. Big up to you, Hawaii, for that. That's right. That's awesome. And that's something. That is something I would love. That I know the and I know the Samoan culture is very big on reggae music. I went to the yes. drive-in movie theater, and you know how they have the intermission. Mm -hmm. They took out their speaker. I don't know how they did that, but they took out one of those big DJ speakers, put mm -hmm. it out, and start playing their reggae music. I love and it. If, and if you don't like reggae music, huh, you better not go to Hawaii, baby. <laughs> How you you better like not reggae go. music. There's so many different genres of reggae music. Yeah, you got dancehall. Like, you got yeah, and that's why ah. I've approached radio stations to say, okay, you're jazzy and contemporary, but I got reggae music that fits into that. That's right. Well, they I'm gonna say not. They I'm gonna say it. KJLH or all these minority radio stations here. You the guys, wave. Made, the wave. Oh yes, the wave. That's so tropical. They have music that can fit into there. Even your gospel stations, because reggae music is full of spiritual music. Yes, yes. Oh, it's just full exciting. But I did pull up. Hold on. I wanted people to hear Ghost. Oh, you hold did? On. I did. I pulled it up. It's the best of Ghost. Hold on. I'm just going to play a little bit right here. Beautiful voice. Original. No one like it. See, he could have introduced himself to the world uh -huh. out here in Los You know what I'm saying? And people told me that he can carry has carried that stubbornness with him, which has he does okay, but he could do a lot more. Yeah. All right. So being stubborn, you know, that's not even that's that's 
God don't even like that. He talks against that in the Bible. It's not good to be stubborn. You got to be no. in this world. It is Long not. Nobody, if no one's disrespecting you, you you know, like don't be don't. You're not a shot caller all the exactly, time. Exactly. Neither, neither am I. So you got to be open to things, which you step in life and step up, and then you'll have it your way. That's right. Well, you but know, you're Barbara, not, you're not Burger King. Absolutely. And have it your way all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you all are catching this at the end, mm -hmm. we are wrapping up here with Barbara Barabino, who was our mantra to the reggae, I'll say the Belizean folks, because we all listen to you as well on 92.3 The Beat. And we are here giving Barbara her flowers today because she created a legacy within herself and graced us all and we will we are forever grateful for you barbara and i thank you so much for coming on here today and we're going to put it in the universe that they're going to call you back and hey put you back on the scene because we need you i don't care about all the thank social you. media tiktok instagram facebook yeah. none of them can do what you are doing combined and thank we duly you. appreciate you and barbara where can people find you if they want to look you up to friend you? I'm on Facebook and I'm um, bbarabino at aol.com or bbarabino at gmail.com. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. And Barbara, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come in here today. I appreciate you, sis. And this is not the end. This is the beginning of a friendship between you and I. Oh, yes. I can <laughs> tell that already. Yeah. Really, I mean, the, look, the universe put us together. Okay. Yes. The fact yes. that we have already have the connection with Debbie and Donna I grew up with and the fact that you came over last night and I got yes. to see you and I just feel like the universe has put us together. And this is something that I can say is on my bucket list that I have been wanting to do. And I so oh. appreciate you. Oh. I will forever. I will for I was like a little kid, like you know how you go on a field trip and you're excited about, oh my gosh, you're going on yeah, that that tingly feeling. That's what I had. I was oh. so excited about today. I don't get excited about a whole lot of things, but I was excited about today because I'm well, very I'm, nostalgic. I'm, yes, I'm are. very nostalgic and I'm I'm about the old school and you know, we 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 adapt to the ways of the world, but it's nothing like when somebody was putting it down the way it should be. And you can never be duplicated. Thank that you. is a fact. And well, I thank you. you. And we gave you your roses today. And until the next time, Barbara, thank you so much for gracing us at On The Wake Up Radio. And again, special shout out to the super, uh, super producer, Cindy Ashby, for making this all happen. Yes, We're on a new platform as well today, too. So you got to experience that and everything went great. I'm super excited. So Barbara, you be well, and we will be talking soon and family all until the next time. Thank you so much, Maxine, and I appreciate you. Absolutely. You take care. Okay. Thank you. Hi, everybody. One love. One love.
flawed individual. Cindy Ashby 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 where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month, while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night? Let me help you get the rest you need, while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com That's ministry andwellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774. to sign up for OTWT. Type in OTWTube in your browser. It will bring up the homepage. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email, select a username, and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the homepage, click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.